0: this episode of the better off dad podcast is brought to you by blimp city bike and hike blimp city is a full-service family-owned bicycle shop in akron ohio located right on the towpath trail near the cuyahoga valley national park founded in 2009 blimp city offers a wide range of quality bicycles from reputable brands like kona Felt, and Bianchi, as well as specialty bicycles like elliptigo stand-up bikes, electric bikes and scooters, folding bikes, and recumbent bicycles. The shop also carries cycling accessories and rental bikes. Blimp City prides itself on providing exceptional customer service. The shop's comprehensive repair services include fine-tuning your bike to meet your comfort and recreation needs. Visit blimpcitybikeandhike.com. That's Blimp City, bike, A-N-D, Hike. To learn more and mention this ad in store to receive 20% off any accessory purchase. Not bad. Make Blimp City your headquarters for outdoor adventure. You're now listening to the Better Off Dad podcast with Tim DeWald and Matt Bixenstein. Hello, 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 loyal BOD pod listeners, expecting parents in 2022, exhausted, mentally defeated current parents, family <laughs> members, randoms, readers of Westlife, where we were re- recently featured in an article. Uh, however, you found us and somehow have not been turned off to the podcast. Welcome back. Uh, I am Tim. I'm Matt. And welcome to the second pot of 2022 and the 12th episode of the Better Off Dad podcast. You know, they said we'd never last more than five and boy, were they wrong? A lot of people expecting some kind of sophomore slump here for 2022 or perhaps a second child syndrome with our second podcast of the year. But Matt, I tell you, we are coming in hot with some topics on keeping kids engaged in the cold weather. A lot of great stuff on this show.
1: Yeah, Tim, I believe you forgot um, that special subset of current parents who are both exhausted and mentally defeated, yet also currently frigid cold. Yeah, that's, that's a very niche audience. I did forget them. Yeah. It's a very niche one, but one that we are members of, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, we're recording this on the third Wednesday of January. Um, I waltzed into the house a few minutes ago and was greeted by... Um, Mara, who not only is walking, but does this no look walking where she's not looking where she's going, which I, I was saying, I've been walking for, you know, 38 years and I still don't, uh, am not able to do no look walking. So that was mighty impressive. It's a truly terrifying thing as a parent to watch your child looking over
0: their shoulder while they're walking straight ahead. And you're just like, what are they going to run into? I have no <laughs> idea. But fortunately the four teeth that she has are still intact in her mouth. She hasn't knocked them out yet.
1: Well, and I can tell because she's she's constantly smiling, you know, great smile, and she, yeah. you know, not only is she, is she walking like a champ, she's a, a budding pianist, which is a word I'm always afraid to, to try to attempt to say. As you should be. Um, yeah. <laughs> she, they have a uh, Tim and Jill have a piano in their living room, and uh, Mara is over there, you know, with both both hands. Uh, um, t- uh, what's what's the word you were using tickling the ivory tickling the ivories, yeah. ivory yeah that was a <laughs> uh
0: that was a gift from uh my father-in-law Jill's dad uh Steve uh, gave us that piano and we moved into the home or I should say just got it out of his house maybe at that <laughs> point but i think it used to be in a bar and oh, wow. uh, maybe Steve, if he's listening to this episode, history. he can, yeah, he can email us with some more of the details, but it's got like cigarette burns on areas of the, uh, on the areas of the piano. It's a, it's a nice piece. It's a, it's a conversation starter.
1: Yeah. It, it really ties the, the room together. <laughs> um, big Lebowski reference. Yeah. <laughs> and, oh, I got it. <laughs> I'm sure, uh, that, uh, many of you, um, if you're from the North are, are, I guess if you're from most of the country really are still digging your way out of uh, winter storm Izzy. So we hope everyone is safe and warm and that you've enjoyed some outdoor recreation, uh, winter recreation with kids or otherwise. Uh, we have a solid foot of snow here in Cleveland, maybe a little more actually. Mm-hmm. And you know, Tim and I made our kids bundle up and brave the elements, right, Tim?
0: Yeah, I got to come clean here and say I did not realize this winter storm had a name and then I googled it just to make sure <laughs> that you weren't making this up to like make fun of me or something, but Izzy is not intimidating. I don't really get. I mean, I <laughs> thought that, that did, was reserved
1: for hurricanes. Yeah,
0: that did, Yeah, I did I did the think go oh, and... on tropical storms, yeah, I guess yeah, get yeah. them too, right? But I like it doesn't sound ominous or threatening. Uh Izzy am I being invited to an 8-year-old's birthday party or are you about to go a debilitating amount of snow? Like I don't I don't know. Which by the way, debilitating shut completely shut down the city of Cleveland for yeah. like RTA was shut down
1: our oh, yeah. our,
0: our public transit uh, situation buses rapid transit everything just shut down
1: it was a big one and you know, Tim, your point about Izzy is valid, but I've gotta say, an eight year old's birthday party and a massive winter storm <laughs> um compute about equally on the
0: chaos meter. Yeah, that's that's not I should have thought of that. That's not, that's not a bad that's not a bad call out. Well we'll workshop that a little bit before it makes it <laughs> into the pod. Uh we did uh on our side of the family did manage to get out uh, at least a little bit um, especially right after the big uh, snowfall we got the oh, nice. obligatory sled in the snow photos and videos uh, we did get a snowsuit uh for Mara that actually came yesterday and she got out a little bit in it today and I was I was impressed that she could even walk around in it it's pretty heavy duty um But, um, and it actually fits, which I was also surprised at. Mara is, um, definitely 2T mode right now in terms of her clothing. So we didn't know if it was going to be too big and we were just going to miss the one big snow that we got here. (laughs) But that seems like we were saved. Um, but uh she she doesn't hate it she was actually eating a lot of it um when we were out earlier today when we were killing some time and out in the snow on your
1: grocery bill yeah
0: yeah she really gets filled up on the twigs and leaves (laughs) that are like kicked up in the snow uh but no she she actually she had a great time it was cool dad built the snowman that's out in the front yard that you saw on your way in but she stood next to it and like hit it with her unmittened paw a little bit and had a great time. So, uh, overall, I'd say, uh, overall pretty good reaction to the fluffy white stuff here, uh, to start.
1: Yeah, so She'll be a, uh, Clevelander before you're, you're done with her, <laughs> yeah. um, you know, way to immerse yourself in the elements Mara. Um, it was definitely fun taking the kids out in the snow, uh, for us as well, but honestly, and I feel kind of lame saying this, it was almost an overwhelming amount of snow to have them both play in safely. And they'll probably have better time with a more modest snowfall, Yeah, um, which hopefully will be next time. Um, you know, Charlie... It,
0: it was like I I had to go out in our front yard and like pat down the yeah. snow to give a place for her to play because it was up to her hips probably. Yeah.
1: yeah. You know, even for Charlie, it was mid-thigh. You know, yeah. it's, uh, it was substantial. Um, you know, and Charlie and I, we aspire to build the largest snowman <laughs> in the history of our backyard city park, um, which is, you know... That's big heights to reach for. And the records are well-kept, too. (laughs) Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. (laughs) Um, But this particular snow wasn't quite ideal from a packing standpoint, so uh, this dream has been put on hold until next time Old Man Winter rears his frosty head. Um, But yet this particular storm wasn't a total loss, uh, Charlie has taken to collecting icicles and chunks of ice to store in our freezer in our deep freeze. And while I realize there are far worse things a kid can put in your freezer, uh, <laughs> we are rapidly running out of freezer space as ours becomes stocked full of ice chunks from outside. It's a slippery slope, let me tell you, Tim.
0: I'd love to be a fly in the wall in your house and hear you and Elise arguing over like what needs to be removed from the freezer <laughs> so Charlie's like icicle collection can remain. And I want to hear any story that you have from that right now
1: (laughs) (laughs) yeah it's it's pretty ridiculous you know it it becomes uh it comes down to making really difficult choices like um you know should we will he know if his eighth icicle is missing (laughs) or can we safely freeze this leftover pork chop instead have you had that moment yet where he's like no no no, the icicle that had that leaf frozen on the
0: inside (laughs) like i did not have a good look at these icicles before i threw them out last night
1: Um, Not yet, but it's coming, and it won't (laughs) go over well when he discovers some are missing from his collection. Yeah. Yeah. Um, (laughs) uh, Anyways, uh, circling back to the pod one versus pod two, um, I must concur to him that we attempted to bring our A game for pod number one of 2022, and now it feels a bit like we're trying to get hyped up for the game after opening day. Uh, But we've once again taken a break from what I'm weirdly calling our respective moist January's. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So here's uh, hoping that we can avoid boring anyone to death, like the look on Lucy's face. Uh, whenever I try to read her a book with more than 10 words on a page.
0: I got a couple of things to respond to there, <laughs> uh, not the least of which books with more than 10 words on a page and, ta- and talking to a, a young child. Um, but You
1: prefer picture books, huh? Yeah,
0: oh, well, we've talked about my Boynton board book, <laughs> uh, Love in This Household, and that and that remains. Uh, we do have, we have many mutual friends, but our mutual friend, Brian Evans, who is on just episode one of the podcast, so who knows if he'll ever get this far. God, I hope he doesn't, <laughs> but... Uh, I mentioned to him today that you were trying to coin moist Januaries for what <laughs> we're defining this. And I I thought I let it be heard in my voice how much I did not approve of moist Januaries. He was like, I really like that. That's good. Hey. I'm gonna take that. And I was like, Sure, Thank you, bro. yeah, great. Yeah. <laughs> He's gonna contact you in August of this year and tell you how much he you liked your moist Januaries thing. Um I am not calling it uh, moist januaries. I think sprinkle season is perhaps better for like a little sprinkle of alcohol. That's okay. what I'm gonna say. Uh um, fair enough. And uh, of course, the creepy sound of moist January, I, I think, is dis, uh, disqualifying for it. I can't argue with that. And like I said, Mara cannot sit in front of a book with more than ten words. You open one of those up, and she every once in a while, I think, selects one intentionally on the bookshelf that she knows has like a bunch of words on it, so she can intentionally get distracted. Close it by in your face. Yeah yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So <laughs> uh, I know what that's like, hundred percent.
1: Yeah, Tim. You know, I've I've learned that we're both easily replaceable for our daughters uh, with any literate person who can read to them. Um, So, yeah, we should be, you know, make sure we keep the attention span when we can. Um, speaking of Sandra Boynton, we did have uh, a couple readers uh, mention that uh, she is in fact alive and well. She actually um, is a golfer of all things. Really? Yeah. Like a pro am kind of thing. Like does she do a it, like a charity enthusiast. thing I with don't... like Bill Murray or something? <laughs> or um, I, I can't say that for sure, but <laughs> she she is a full fledged golf en- enthusiast. Uh, that's awesome. Um, so yeah, she uh, so and a potential guest for our podcast. I'm a full fledged Boynton bro. I'll tell you that right now, hundred <laughs> uh, percent.
0: We would also be remiss before moving on if we did not mention that tonight's. Um, uh, Liquid Courage is brought to you by uh, Fatheads Brewery so far, and Masthead as well. That we split a, a little bit of the Hoppy Headlines uh, from Masthead, and uh, a good old
1: uh, I had a good old uh, Headhunter IPA. And, and Matt, what are you drinking right now? I'm a uh, you know I I'm, I'm trying to, to get out of the Chris, Christmas spirit here, but I've got Tim's last Holly Jolly yeah uh, Christmas ale here right now. It's it's delicious, um, but yeah um, you know to keep the the pod number two theme going. Um, pod two of 2022, that is 222. Um, Yeah. (laughs) I was recently talking to Tim and Jill about how the second kid syndrome is absolutely real. Yes. And by that, I mean the phenomenon where you follow every parenting rule to a T for your first kid and then throw caution to the wind somewhat when your second kid arrives. (laughs) Um, And, you know, it's it's not that we love Lucy any less. It's simply that we're less paranoid and probably a little bit less patient, too. You always know you're in trouble when you have to use the phrase, it's not that we love
0: someone any less. (laughs) And then
1: there's anything that you say after that, right? It's never going to end well when that comes out of your mouth. Yeah. Um, But, you know, I would, you know, just give you an example here or two. I would never have let Charlie attempt to climb on a piece of furniture on his own at such a young age um, when he's a new walker. But for Lucy, I'm like, all right, Lucy, uh, bold strategy you're undertaking. Let's see how it goes. <laughs> yeah. All right, cotton. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, and we resisted uh, giving Charlie sweets for dessert for quite a while when he was a, a you know a, a new toddler. But now Lucy will lose her mind if we have dessert at the table and deny her a nibble. So we pretty much cave to that almost every time. yeah you know, and in fact, rather than any special diet, she pretty much just eats whatever we're having for dinner. Um so hopefully we can improve our nutrition a bit in this new year.
0: Yeah, I think um uh, we're experiencing a bit of that already just what it, can we call this like 15 month fatigue or something yeah. for a parent that um you're trying to watch over and make sure everything's perfect and do all those kinds of things and now I know Jill was telling me for dinner tonight Mara was giving us the more sign <laughs> you know sign language for more. And we had exhausted our planned food supply. She, she picked her up, took her to the refrigerator, and was just like, just let me know what you want. Whatever you want, <laughs> you can have it. And I'll be damned if she didn't, like, point right at the shredded cheese and, like, <laughs> give me that cheddar, right? And obviously we've been trying to, like, roll back the cheddar intake a little bit with her. You know, she's got, she's got uh, some issues passing her poop occasionally, so we try to, like, keep the, the, the stool-blocking mechanisms to a minimum. You can just dump out of the podcast right now if that's too much information because it's only going to get worse from here.
1: I'm guessing Mara doesn't get the cause and effect there.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> who does, <Yeah>. really? Okay, <laughs> who does? But uh, so you get, you, you know, you just you got to play fast and loose with the rules sometimes. I, I totally get that. Um, and so we'll see how we're doing. We'll see how we're doing here. We got the 15 month appointment um, tomorrow, actually. Nice. Uh, after the recording of this podcast, we're, we're heading out to do that. Um, so we'll see how, uh, we'll see how we're doing. But yeah, whenever this girl sees cheese in the house, the grocery, whatever, this kid emits a sound that is somewhere between a dog barking and a sonic boom. It's totally terrifying.
1: (laughs) You know, well, whether Swiss cheddar, Kobe, Jack, Munster, you know, (laughs) whatever the case may be, cheese is always going to be a crowd pleaser. Um, but you know, I, I guess this notion of second kid syndrome is how I'm feeling about pod two. You know, perhaps I'm ready to let my guard down or my filter has been turned off altogether. Um, In any case, I at least we can edit out all the moronic things I say before this gets published. I'm leaving all your Betty White jokes in this time. okay, for the record. (laughs) And, uh, you know,
0: that's that's part of the terms of your parole anyway. So I I have to just uh, leave everything terrible thing you say in your podcast.
1: Well, I must have missed the hearing where my parole officer covered all that. Um, but um, so, so even though it's only been two weeks, uh, plenty has happened since we last chatted. Uh, Tim and I met with up with our kids for a our first park playdate in quite some time, and Lucy and Mara took turns making each other cry. <laughs> um, we also realized that both our old ass homes earned century home status this year, so we've been uh, started discussing how we can jointly. Have uh, you taken any action on that in terms of like the plaque? Yet? We actually did order a oh, plaque. Okay. I need to get yeah. But you did that like already in January? Yeah.
0: You're on top of it. I need to, I, I need to talk to you. I'm
1: people. a little bit nerding out over yeah, this. Yeah, yeah, but, yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, we want to throw uh, Roaring Twenties themed 100th birthday parties for our houses this summer. Um, you know, and then of course, COVID, you know, hasn't changed a lot since we last spoke. The Omicron numbers are still way too high and normal life feels like it's light years away.
0: Yeah, I've got um, bathtub gin all ready to go for the the 1920s uh, oh, nice. party that'll make us go blind. So, <laughs> so you can get excited for that. Um, and obviously, yes, yeah, super jazzed about the COVID situation over here. We'll talk about that a little bit later on the show. But uh, I do think there's some hope, right? I did see some information about um, some of the areas where cases were spiking early on—New York, Boston, those kind of places—finally going down. But look, we'll just have to see. We've we've been here before, yeah. right? What Greek letters Just coming statement. at us next, we don't know. <laughs> uh, but but for the time being, we've curtailed some of the more, uh, you know, personally, w- we have still curtailed some of the more unnecessary father-daughter trips, grocery stores, that kind of stuff w- that uh, I've personally been taking uh, Mara to where she could have a chance of getting ill, however remote or not to worry about that kind of
1: situation yeah. that is. We And yet you can't isolate them all together, you know.
0: No, you got to get them out. Yeah, um, and for your own sanity, as much as 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 they're kind of like developmental kind of things. So right, um, and yeah, the the park um, Lucy was was quickly able to catch that disease, uh, or Mar <laughs> was quickly able to catch that disease from Lucy and and transmit it back tenfold. So she gave you some kind of weird variant uh, <laughs> off of the crying disease. There, uh, you were just trying to seed a lifelong friendship between our two daughters, which I can appreciate that. And yeah, she once you set her down, it was just like crying from one baby, crying to the other baby. It was totally terrifying. Mara, I felt like was calmed down maybe towards the end of the visit, maybe like a half hour later,
1: but uh, it, it took her a little bit. She was shook, yeah. It, it was a cry fest for sure. Um, you know, and it's gonna take a while to build their lifelong friendship. Um, there are no hug, hugs they, yet or anything. They've got time. They've oh yeah, got time. <laughs> you know. But stop. Sob stories aside, uh, lots happening on the kids' front for for all of our kids. And uh, uh, Lucy has learned how to emphatically say no um, when she doesn't <laughs> want something or is not pleased with a given situation. So I hear that dozens of times a day right yeah. um, she also says that's gonna
0: be low compared to when she's a teenager oh yeah, yeah. It's true. I,
1: <laughs> it'll it'll only get worse yeah yeah be the main word of a vocabulary for a long time <laughs> yeah, That's true. <laughs> um, but uh, it's, it's really cute when she says it. sometimes I, I ask her if I can change her diaper just to hear her say <laughs> no
0: yeah,
1: yeah. <laughs> um, but she also says hot to mean both hot and cold and it's more like hot um, but you know, she, since she has it for both, we'll be playing outside in the snow and freezing our asses off and Lucy will keep saying hot. Um, and it's, it's both uh funny and confusing to whoever, to whoever is an earshot. Um, so that, that's kind of a a fun little tidbit. And, you know, I, I look forward to the day when, um, she gets the, that it's really cold. <laughs> yeah.
0: yeah. <laughs> Uh, did you uh, guys watch a lot of that uh, Paris Hilton and Nicole Richie show that I can't remember with her? And that's where she got the hot thing from. <laughs> I mean, where is she getting
1: that from? I don't think so. Maybe maybe it's hot in Cleveland. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> don't go back into the Betty White joke. Yeah. <laughs> um, digging myself a hole there. But, uh, you know, and then finally, Lucy has uh, perfected a pretty fierce uh, roar uh, lion roar that she'll do on command whenever you ask her the sound, what sound a lion makes. Uh, so that's pretty fun. Yeah, I don't know if I
0: can continue the show anymore due to my own jealousy. I've been trying to, like, inception my kid for months with the phrase, uh, what sound do tigers make? And then do a roar at Mara. <laughs> and she has yet to give me more than a haphazard smile when I ask her
1: what sound do tigers make. Don't worry, Tim. One of these days she's going to roar right back at you. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, but when it comes to Charlie, he's had a couple of big moments lately. Uh, We took him skiing for the first time this past weekend. I saw all those pictures. That looked awesome. Um, And despite uh, falling frequently, as you would expect from a first-timer, he demonstrated a disturbingly low level of inhibition or regard for his own well-being. Just like Dad. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Chip off the old block. Um, You know, he would have attempted any hill there had I let him. um, But it was a lot of fun to share this hobby with him. And it'll make watching the upcoming Winter Olympics uh, more exciting as well. That's going to be fun. Do you, yeah. think, will he sit down and watch that, do you that, think? That's my hope. Yeah. You know, um, There's so many skiing events, and you know, I'm hoping to latch him into it. That's cool. Um, ski bum in the making. Yeah. <laughs> um, and speaking of tigers, and on the topic of being rather fearless, uh, Charlie also recently befriended a tiger cub at the Cleveland Zoo. Uh, true story. Mm-hmm. Uh, we went to the zoo upwards of 20 times last year, and I know this because I asked the ticket attendant to check our past usage. And uh, the point is, Charlie knows the place, like, the back of his hand at this point. And, you know, he has a certain comfort level with the animals. Um, On a recent visit, he was dismayed to have to skip the tiger exhibit because, sadly, our zoo's tigers contracted COVID. Crazy. So uh, as we approached the same exhibit during our most recent visit, I started to anticipate his disappointment um, with that exhibit once again being closed. Well, not only was it open, Tim, but one of the three tiger cubs Uh, met Charlie at the window and began to tap his paw on the glass uh, while following Charlie's movements and reacting to his giggles. Um, They played in this manner for a solid 10 minutes, and I can honestly say I've never seen anything like it before. It was kind of like how a child uh, with a super-friendly domestic cat might play. I got one of those right here. Right here with us, (laughs) um, Mr. Theodore. Um, Only in this case, it was a 300-pound tiger instead. Uh, But, you know, enough about our Kelvin and Hobbes moment. What kind of Mara updates you got?
0: Yeah, Matt, sure do. How about the store where I go to the exact same tiger exhibit and those overgrown flea-infested carpet sacks <laughs> couldn't even be bothered to wake up from their nap? Uh, that was our first wintertime time visit. out. Yeah, I guess so. Uh, I need to get advice from you, or actually maybe Charlie, since he knows a place like the back of his hand. Uh, also, basic listening skills would help me as the ticket attendant that you got your entire like history visit from definitely told me which exhibits were open and closed and i was just like not paying attention in any way shape or form and just wandered aimlessly about the place for like you know 20 minutes and seeing nothing but an errant squirrel and plants <laughs> for most of the
1: time so there are a lot of squirrels at that zoo yeah, yeah yeah
0: there are there are it's wildlife um but um it was great it was it was cool and we're definitely going to go back that like um I think we talk about this later on in the podcast a little bit, but the location of the the, the Cleveland zoo, just because of its geography, it's kind of protected from the elements a little bit. So it's a nice place to go to kill a little bit when you've got like decent kind of winter weather that you could, yeah you'd you'd take an outdoor walk in a stroller. No problem. Like go to the zoo for a little bit. And they
1: snowplow like no other. So even on, on days like today. Oh really? Yeah. 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 So that really gets cleaned off then.
0: Um, we did, however, have more success on our first trip to the Cleveland Aquarium. Um, nice. This was actually my second trip ever there. Jill and I had a wedding there before. Hi, Rachel and Joe. Uh, and it was a lot of fun. The That's the one where the hot dogs showed up. Oh, the, yeah, yeah. The hot dogs that are like kind nice. of like Cleveland Guardians mascot situation. yeah <laughs> uh, and so if you can get over the fact that the Cleveland Aquarium uh, here in town is sandwiched between a sea of parking lots, strip clubs, and Scooby-Doo ghost town type concert venues, it really <laughs> is a pretty great little aquarium. Um, uh, she, uh, Mar was able to watch me feed uh, some stingrays there. She was fully capable of doing it herself. However, I have a feeling the chopped up mackerel or whatever I was feeding them um, would not have ended up in the Stingray tank instead of <laughs> ended up in the Mara tank. Uh, but we loved it. We got a membership. That tank's never full. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, it really isn't. Uh, we got a membership there. We'll definitely uh, be going back. Um, Mara's new but really old continuing obsession now has uh, nothing, however, what to do with animals or or, or fish of any kind. It stares. Bigger, big or small in our house <laughs> or on the road the girl just loves going up and down the stairs much to the chagrin of my back uh, <laughs> she does the cutest little thing though she will ask you as she's approaching a staircase um, she'll go at it like she's gonna crawl up at it, and then she will like turn around and look at you and like reach her hand up to ask you to like hold her hands to either go up or down the staircase uh, which is incredibly cute um, and she tackles them really well. Uh, she does a good job. She always leads left, up, and right, down. Oh, interesting. going to ask a pediatrician about that. I don't know what's <laughs> up with that. I'll, I'll get more info for the next podcast. I'm impressed by your perception. Yeah, yeah. Perception. Well, I, well, yeah not a lot to do during the day except for <laughs> make these observations, right? Um, so I'm more or less on board with this activity anyway. keeps me fit enough going in. Um, but it does feel weird when you put her in front of an actual shark in an aquarium <laughs> and all she wants to do is climb up and down the stairs outside the entrance of the place like listen girl <laughs> they charge admission for the fish you can walk up and down these stairs anytime you want okay I, it,
1: it's it's she's gonna bleed me dry with this extracurricular activity you know what we should do we should sign her up the um that tackle the tower 5k yeah you know up, key up tower the termi- right or terminal tower be, right i, think, yeah, it's I tower. think it's terminal tower you're and right you to go to the observation deck at the top at the yep. end um, she would be a great candidate for that. Yeah, we'd finish that in about 24 hours or something, maybe. Yeah. Yeah. At the very least, you need to invest in a Stairmaster for her. A <laughs> yeah. um, little in-home workout device. Um, you know, And as far as um, Charlie, our resident uh, tiger whisperer, goes, I'm going to have to... Um, consult him on on some tips for how to engage these uh, oversized cats. Those pictures were incredible. That tiger was really up on its
0: hind legs,
1: like batting at the window that I saw. It was really cool. I wish I'd gotten a video of it. I was just kind of in awe and just watching, appreciating it. You know, I'm impressed um, you got a photo of it. It, I, it was at the very like, end. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, you know, as for the aquarium, I I love hearing that Tim. And you know, we've we're already pretty shark obsessed in my family, and we'll gladly meet you there sometime. Uh, even if it means meeting some Mara-demanded stare quota during the trip. Yeah. You know, stingrays and stare delays for days, I guess, or something like that. That's a lot of alliteration, and that goes <laughs> straight to my heart. I love that. And I like to tease Elise by saying for days when, you know, I'm really not hip enough to uh, say something <laughs> like that. <laughs> On fleek.
0: I know that's not a real
1: thing anymore, guys.
0: I know that's not a, like people don't actually say that anymore, but... I was just trying to be hip for a second. She also really loved putting the um, rope in her mouth at the end. You know, when there's like, it acts like you're on a ship or something, right? Yeah. Shark exhibit. Um, One of the workers. I saw the shark teeth. Yeah. One of the the, the employees there was noticeably horrified by the fact that she was putting the rope in her mouth. I was attempting (laughs) to pull her away from it, but like, things go in these kids' mouths. Like, you can only be responsible for the reaction, not necessarily always getting them to avoid doing it,
1: right? Yeah. it's, It's good practice for, you know, future tug of war or getting a loose tooth to to come out whatever the case may be tie it right to that front tooth and pull it out there you go
0: hey let's take a look at a couple of headlines this week there's lots of great news around the world i'm just kidding (laughs) it's all terrible Um, and let's move away from the dumpster fire train wreck that is covid19 and children and instead focus on something lighter and that's the new york times puts it in their headline this week More kids are getting sick from cannabis edibles. How fun. (laughs) What an exciting story to cover. Uh, Yes, you thought you were safe after you locked up those Tide Pods and covered the electrical outlets. Well, you're a terrible parent. You didn't do enough. (laughs) Okay, put away your edibles. Uh, So, no, according to the New York Times and data from the American Association of Poison Control Centers, nationally, the number of unintentional, unintentional cannabis exposures, has grown from 187 in 2016 to more than 3,100 today. Uh, Some scientists believe, yeah, we're just looking at the tip of the iceberg there because, believe it or not, not every parent is calling poison control on themselves (laughs) in these situations understandable as it would likely eliminate your parent of the year nomination. I think that goes in the trash after yeah. you give your kids weed. isn't always flattering. Yeah, that's, that's a tough thing to just bring up at the local, like, you know, uh, we've got this book club. Hey, I got my kid high last week. <laughs> uh, now, the majority of these exposures are occurring in children ages 3 to 5, and edibles do account for the lion's share of these kinds of situations. It is important to note no deaths. Were re- recorded in this, but fifteen um, percent of children did experience mild symptoms, including things like seizures, and just over one percent actually experienced symptoms um, that. That doesn't seem very mild. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's uh, it's mild in the medical sense, I guess. I would I would not consider that mild in in, uh, in my parenting sense. One uh, percent of uh, of parents did experience symptoms with their children that were described as life threatening, so serious seizures, all that kind of stuff. Um, Matt, I'm not gonna out you on this podcast about how you keep edibles (laughs) all around your house. But as a parent of a three to five year old who I am sure has an interest in things that you'd rather keep him away from um, any reactions to this kind of news or tips or, or anything to share here.
1: Oh man, Tim. Um, (laughs) I hate to stir the pot on this topic too much. (laughs) So I better weed out any misinformation before responding?
0: Another good pun.
1: And answering this question, Tim, old bud of mine, should probably be a joint effort. I don't even know where to take this. I can't make (laughs) a pun off cannabis. Can I? No, yeah, 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 I can't. (laughs) Well, much to my chagrin, we don't keep any edibles in our house, uh, but there are certainly various uh, household cleaning products we seek to keep away from the kids. Uh, You know, in order to keep the poison control system center free streak intact that we uh, currently have congratulations thank you um it's uh it's honestly a different strategy for both kids at this point uh you know because whereas lucy is um you know it's for her it's taking simple measures like using safety latches on kitchen cabinets or storing medicine high and out of reach uh for charlie he's a really smart little dude and we're at the point with him where we can tell him you know hey listen buddy We need you to stay away from this because at best, it'll make you sick like a dog. And at worst, it'll send you to heaven. And, um, you know, as anybody who's listening to this podcast knows, uh, Charlie tends to listen when we bring those pearly gates into the conversation. But uh, what about you, Tim? Any thoughts on keeping Mara off the grass and free from any other toxins contained in this house.
0: My cat is aggressively trying to jump on my lap right now. So I'm not really paying attention to anything you said. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Uh, we have to date. I'm not kidding about the first part of that. Um, we have to date been able to keep most illicit substances away from Mara. Um, we've done our best to childproof the home, as you talked about with the, the locks and, and all that kind of stuff. Uh, although setting her down in like a park or a public setting still is basically an invitation to pull mulch away from her for an hour and a half and
1: or uh, all that kind of business. Um, I'm going to be like Dwight Schrute and go run the house and... and Inspecting for anything that uh, yeah, yeah, <laughs> she yeah. might get into. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, one
0: thought: oh, Don't go do that. My, I took all the face plates off of. Um, we're painting in the attic. I've told you this. I took all the faceplates face plates, off the outlets in the attic right now. And the it's original bad basi- pot h- HQ. Basically, an invitation for my child to electrocute herself right now, <laughs> and she's been up there, and it's a, it's a problem. Anyway, one thought that that crossed my mind, and this is, you know, not the same, but an illicit substance we are both likely to have in our homes: alcohol. Uh, yep. definitely in my home right now. Um, I don't want to go down uh, too far down this rabbit hole, but you know, there are some really fast growing categories of alcohol. I'm thinking like the smoothie, sour beer, beer nerd podcast is going to be a, another one that we split off this too. Yeah. Um, the seltzer industry the product marketing and a lot of that is, uh, relying on some very nostalgic kind of artwork for millennials, ripping off movies, cartoons, other things that we associate with like fun stuff from our childhood. And, you know, again, a child unintentionally opening a can of beer and drinking it, believing it to be, you know, an ecto cooler. uh, I think that problem would present them to uh, present that to themselves pretty quickly and be solved very rapidly. Uh, But probably something to consider. uh, And, you know, gummies and other THC infused candies are sort of a different beast as and, and as the trend towards legalization continues to expand. I think, you know, more of these products are likely to find their way into our homes Matt and <laughs> while while it may feel counter to the trend of more you know freedom and acceptance around this um, the the New York Times article really did provide some really good advice here which is to just lock the stuff up right kids are inherently curious and yeah. they also love to locate and press your buttons at every opportunity to test their limits. so if you're stashing quote unquote candy someplace they will find it and they're likely to eat it out of curiosity or spite uh, face it in in my case Mara would eat it out of spite. So taking care to keep these items away from kids, you know, don't even bring it into their orbit. I, I think that's super important. I think it's good advice, especially as we're seeing more and more of this kind of stuff popping up in people's houses, right?
1: Yeah, Tim, couldn't agree more. Um, you make a great point. Uh, Lucy, this today, she – one of her favorite um, stuffed animals is called Squeaky Bear. And <laughs> she managed to hide that in our house so well today that Charlie and I spent, um, you know, better part of 45 minutes looking for it, never found it. Um, they've got all sorts of hiding points, hiding places. Uh, kids do, and they know all the nooks and crannies. Um, you know, Tim. There's there's a list of um, the list of substances inside our homes homes that register as potentially harmful to young kids is much larger than we think. And you know, so Charlie, um, he uh, you know, as as the wonderful son he is, he will get me a beer from my bar fridge on command. And I've been thinking about training him to open it before giving it to me, um, but perhaps I should hold off on that.
0: I disagree. That's a cool party trick. You want to keep you want to keep that intact. <laughs> Uh, The only other item to cover um, on our headlines is another quick update on COVID vaccinations for children. Back to the happy stories. Um, (laughs) So we got some early news um, in January from uh, Moderna Therapeutics, who, along with Pfizer, are the two companies in the U.S. testing vaccines for children. Uh, As you all, I'm sure, know, currently there are no approved vaccines for children under the age of five, uh, which uh, affects both of us quite heavily. Uh, Earlier this month, Moderna stated that they are not expecting data on their tests for the two to five year old set until March now. And as for Pfizer and its vaccine data, uh, the company previously announced, this was a big headline, right? That they were not seeing the immune response with a two dose vaccine uh, for two to five year olds and sort of had to go back to square one on and, and test a three dose regimen, um, which pushed its expectation on data back again to, to late March, early April. So what does this mean? What does it mean? Um, there's a really great interview. I'd encourage everybody to look up Uh, It's on Slate and it's with a CNBC journalist. Uh, I may have had a bit of a crush on her long ago (laughs) when I worked there Uh, named Meg Tyrell. Do you know her personally? I mean, you know, we we worked in the same building oh, together. Great. We yeah, took yeah. the shuttle together sometimes. Yeah. Meg, if you're listening, I'm, I'm still out here. You know, <laughs> wedding ring comes off. Uh, who is also the mother? I'm joking. I'll probably cut this out. Who no, is also not, the mother?
1: <laughs> yeah. Rings off right now. Yeah, yeah. Right still <laughs> Just on. Just kidding.
0: Uh, uh, Meg Terrell. She's also the mother of a toddler. Um, and in it, they they sort of lay out all the facts here. I thought it was a really great interview and. Uh, in her estimation, um, and she's a biotech reporter, She's she's got a good beat on this, all the stuff. Um, conservatively, you might see a vaccine for children um, not until June of 2020. Uh, Shaking my two. head. It's crazy, right? Uh, this remains super frustrating for parents, and there's a lot of conflicting messaging on the seriousness of Omicron out there. If you're a parent, I'm sure you, you, you've seen a lot of this stuff, while... Omicron thankfully appears to be waning now. It it has resulted in more pediatric hospitalizations for COVID. Um, One thing that is statistically true and I think worth reminding people of, um, and this was a separate interview that I saw some of this commentary coming from, but I I couldn't find it. So unfortunately, I I can't cite whatever professional said this, but- um, That means he made it up. (laughs) Yeah, maybe. uh, Is to- uh, to as a parent, check your vaccine scheduling for children uh, for the existing vaccines that they were always going to get. There are many diseases that have have worse documented outcomes than COVID for children that your kid can currently be vaccinated against. So make sure you're current on that. Um, it's been a spooky time. I have skipped um, certain doctor's appointments. I know my my wife Jill has has skipped certain appointments that she had because of the rise in cases recently, especially in the Cuyahoga County area. Yeah. If for some reason you blew through a case or something, check into it, right? It's it's going to help. And there are a ton of these diseases out here that can really affect um, children. Um, Matt Mar is about to get her DTAP vaccine. <laughs> uh, so I was looking into that. And did you know pertussis, that's whooping cough, the coughing symptoms for that can last more than 10 weeks. Fuck
1: that. I'm not about to hear my kid cough for the next 100 <laughs> days. I'm out of that. Tim, you know, you, you covered that whole segment well. Um, and I've got nothing really useful to add here other than, um, you know, I pray that my four year old can get vaxxed sooner rather than later. And I always thought that DTAP sounded like a good rapper name. Yeah, if you want to do that, I'll be TDAP and we can <laughs> DTAP. It's like crisscross. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
0: This episode of the Better Off Dad podcast is brought to you by Blimp City Bike and Hike. Blimp City is a full-service, family-owned bicycle shop in Akron, Ohio, located right on the beautiful Towpath Trail near the gorgeous Cuyahoga Valley National Park. What an asset for us Ohioans, am I right? Founded in 2009, Blimp City offers a wide range of quality bicycles from reputable brands like Kona. Felt and Bianchi, as well as specialty bicycles from Elliptigo, stand-up bikes, electric bikes, which I've been looking at getting myself one of to haul Mara around in her trailer, uh, and scooters, as well as folding bikes and recumbent bicycles. The shop also carries cycling accessories and rental bikes. I'm going to be spending probably thousands of dollars in bicycle helmets as my daughter's head gets bigger. Blimp City prides itself on providing exceptional customer service. The shop's comprehensive repair services include fine-tuning your bike to meet your comfort and recreation needs. Visit blimpcitybikeandhike.com. That's BlimpCityBike, A-N-D, hike.com. To learn more and mention this ad right here in-store to receive 20% off any accessory purchase, do it. tell them the Bod Pod sent ya. Make Blimp City your headquarters for outdoor adventure. Okay, main topic tonight, really... Winter weather generally, and before we go into the way this impacts kids, which is you know basically the subject of our show and the whole reason it exists, let's briefly bitch about how poorly <laughs> a job Cleveland did with clearing out from this storm. So again, to kind of recap, taking off our destination Cleveland hat here. What huh? the hell, guys? Come on, <laughs> hashtag This is Cleveland. Um, to, to recap, uh, the city of Cleveland, kind of the whole northeast Northeast Ohio, we get snow newsflash right especially to the to the east of our you know city proper here in cleveland the so-called uh, snow belt a snow called so-called snow belt that's hard to say it's not because we've been drinking so much <laughs> the we get a lot of lake effects though you get moisture that comes off the lake gets dumped on the east side of, uh, of our city because of geography or whatever um weather forecast topography topography there it is so it's it's very expected that we're going to get some get some snow right we got this forecast that we had potentially what like 8 to 14 inches of snow coming you know izzy apparently was a thing i didn't know that but it it had a name and everything izzy's coming make sure you bought a gift for her you know whatever yeah getting (laughs) Izzy with it um the city of cleveland at one point totally shut down um the public transportation system we mentioned this before suspended all service all service was shut down uh it's just crazy to me that you can live in a, in a in, in what is considered a large city at this point where the public transit system would just shut down because eh, eh, we didn't shovel shovel the the rail and the the roads enough for the buses to get around put some chains on the tires and let's move <laughs> on guys come on let's do this
1: yeah I mean who knows how much of that was because it all happened leading into a federal holiday sure 100 um, percent but you know in on the more even, even more local net in the city of lakewood that Tim and I are, are both very fond of um, we have this problem where um, individual residents and businesses, there's a city ordinance that they are responsible um, to uh, um, clear the sidewalks and in, in abutting their, their businesses or their, their homes, um, all the people of Lakewood. And you know, inevitably, you'll have many, many people who don't abide by this, Mm -hmm. either from negligence or just um, not knowing the rule. Lazy diligence. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So you know, no matter what happens, you know, Lakewood is a a walking city. It's got um, and no buses for the kids, which I think is an important thing to mention. Right, like kids walk to school. Yeah, right. And you know, the sidewalks are so fundamentally crucial to the to the city and the way you know the way of life here. And so yeah, when, when you have people not. Not shoveling, and then the worst of all, Tim, is when you see somebody who has shoveled or or plowed their driveway, but hasn't touched the sidewalk in front of their house. That's the the worst offender.
0: Uh, if you saw the the post on the Bod Pod Instagram today, uh, I'm already plotting <laughs> my revenge against people who do not in my neighborhood You do not shovel their sidewalks. Yeah. Um, and by revenge you mean a a slip in a lawsuit?
1: Yeah, yeah, I'm <laughs>
0: definitely gonna sue them. <laughs> Although I, d- I looked into that, uh, well I didn't look into that. I saw a related <laughs> post. <laughs> I didn't meaningfully look into it. I got someone you gave me this me. information. No, uh, <laughs> he's gonna make him pay. <laughs> um, this we can go down a rabbit hole here, but there is like the the law basic in Ohio at least. I don't know what it is around the country. The law basically is if you don't touch it, you can't get sued. Oh, because it's on the other. It's on whoever's coming through your house has a reasonable expectation that, like, yeah, conditions are really bad. The street's going to be really bad. But if you plow and then you slip, then I did a bad job, and then you can sue them. So we're basically disincentivizing shoveling. Right. Yeah, 100%. What a mess. Come on, guys. What's going on here? Anyway, winter doldrums and the fact that we're caught inside, be damned, uh, us with children... Uh you got to get outside. You got to relieve boredom. You got to stay active during the snowy season um or any kind of situation, right? Maybe you're hey, Garrett down there in Florida, maybe you guys aren't getting snow if you're a listener down there in some warmer areas. There are still tons of reasons that you might get cooped up inside. Cooler temperatures, whatever, right? Yeah. Um it's cold and snowy all over, it there's a reason to stay inside. There's, it's no longer let's burn off some energy in the park season or bum around the zoo for several hour hours season. Although maybe Matt's an exception to that, he can do that uh, anytime.
1: Yeah, Tim, to some some extent, I am, and you know, and the the boredom factor can be very real when you're home with young kids in the dead of winter, and in a second COVID winter no less. Uh, there are many nice kid oriented indoor establishments to consider, like the children's museum, or libraries. The bar. The bar, local brewery, yeah, <laughs> yeah. trampoline parks, and aquariums with staircases. Um, but let's assume you're currently uncomfortable with one or more of these options due to COVID and have limited uh, indoor options to get everyone out of the house. Uh, you know, here's my advice to relieve boredom and stay sane. Uh, and the first thing is to get your boot outside. Uh, boot is how Charlie says butt. Boot. Um, and, you know, sure, it's not exactly balmy out. And it's sure, it's true that you'll spend 30 minutes getting your kids bundled up to enjoy 15 minutes fun in the snow Um, but these are not excuses to hibernate your children all winter long you know remember it's probably five degrees in Minnesota right now so it really isn't that bad here in Cleveland and besides it typically takes at least a half an hour for frostbite to set in (laughs) you know we try to get outside uh, for at least a few minutes uh, every day um, where it's over 20 degrees and it's dry and it's not overly windy in my house Um, a few tips for taking your kids outside during winter Uh, First one, uh, go outside after lunchtime because uh, food raises your uh, body temperatures a tad or at least makes you think they've been raised. Oh, yeah. Um, That built-in warmth. Uh, Secondly, uh, center the experience around a specific activity that's exciting for your kids. Don't tell them we're getting our asses outside. Tell them let's go build a (laughs) snowman, let's go sledding, let's go on a hike, let's make a snow fort.
0: Although you may feel like saying that to them. For sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: (laughs) And in your mind, you may be saying that to them. That's really fun, too. (laughs) Um, yeah, absolutely. Uh, you know, so then uh, third one, bundle up your kids in layers, and um, for the love of God, find gloves that are both warm and won't fall off their hands every five minutes. Yep. Still struggling with that myself. <laughs> um, you know, fourth one, it's okay if your kids are only out for fifteen minutes. Uh, even that has physical and mental health benefits. You know, it's just that that burst of fresh air does wonders. For for you and for your kid. Correct. Right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's a good point. It's for both. Um, you know, and when it is really cold, uh, stick to the backyard or your local park so you can pop right back inside easily um, once your kids inevitably complain. And that way you can avoid the dreaded coat off in the car seat scenario. Oh, yeah, 100%. Um, and then, uh, if, you know, it's okay to, I've mentioned this before, but it's okay to bribe them, your kids with hot chocolate when necessary, uh, which is often for me. And finally, and this is a little bit more Cleveland specific, but, um, you know, if it's a windy day, uh, avoid Lake Erie at all costs. And instead, uh, go to the zoo. You know, it's located in a valley and generally protected from the heavy winds, um, from my experience. Yeah, finding
0: those kind of places that you know you're going to get a reprieve from kind of the worst of the elements, or you'll have an opportunity to get covered somewhere or something like that. Uh, That's all great advice. I think one barrier a lot of parents can face, I I know it's, it's faced me, I know my wife and I have talked about it, is that you talked about it. It's that process of getting your child ready to go outside, dressing them, dressing yourself, prepping any items you're going to need. Like, do I need to put their car? I, I can't put their coat on here. I got to put it on. And after I, we get out of the car, cause it's not safe to put in the car seat. Uh, Kelly would remind us of that kindly. <laughs> um, uh, it can seem super daunting, right? Especially when the prospect is, well, I'm going to turn around and come back inside like 15 minutes later. And to that, I would, that concern that you have about that, I would respond, yes you know you're totally right it's that, a real pain in the ass yeah it's a huge pain <laughs> in the ass and you are going to spend you know a half hour 45 minutes getting ready for a 15 20 maybe half hour best case scenario thing and then it's going to take another you know 10 minutes to get them out of their clothes and make sure that stuff's put away the and floor all that kind of wet. stuff Floor's yeah. gonna be wet yeah i would still encourage you um to kind of look at it holistically right that whole process, getting ready, being excited to do something, engaging the activity—kids are experiencing that whole um, situation, right? Not just the what we as adults are sort of thinking as as the payoff. Um, and uh, you, you know, taking them through that whole process. Not to mention, again, if you're if you're stay-at-home parents like Matt and I are, and everybody's uh, life experience is a little bit different. But if you're just looking to quote-unquote kind of kill time, sometimes, right? It's a great way to do it, right? Like, get them dressed. They know where to go to get their – give them – I'm going to talk about this a little bit later. Like, give them tasks, right? Like, have them get their socks. Have them pick out the shoes that they're going to wear and then put away the ones that they picked out that are dumb and get them the right shoes. Like, it it all makes a lot of sense, right? And and my pro tip on gloves, by the way, is Mara's coat is a little big, so we roll the sleeves up uh, to get her hands through and her mittens on. And then we put those mittens on. And then we roll those sleeves right back down, and it locks like her dead glove mode. It. Yeah, 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 yeah. She's never getting out of that <laughs>
1: thing. It, it's a great tip. And you know, they they call it a stay-at-home parent, but in reality, it's a get the get us the f outside <laughs> parent. Yeah, 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 that's yeah, what yeah, we yeah. really are.
0: Do something, parent. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> now um, about that though, if when you're not able to get outside, which you know, if it's if it's really cold, windy. Uh, rainy you know it you're happens blocked
0: in because people don't shove, shovel their goddamn sidewalk yes yeah that yeah. as well
1: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, there's a couple tips for that as well um, get creative inside you know when you get your creative juices flowing there's really no limit to the amount of fun uh, you you can create for your little kids on days when you're stuck inside you know uh, make an obstacle course uh, paint action figures with washable kids paint play hide and seek uh, throughout the house uh, Bake cookies, even though I'm not a very good baker. I was going to ask what your favorite recipe was. I mean, chocolate chip, but I'm not a good baker. <laughs> <laughs> uh, make sure you got
0: to bring cookies to the next podcast recording. Deal. Yeah, Deal. you um, make them, not Elise.
1: You'll, you'll find out that I actually
0: do have vegetables in my house, <laughs> <laughs> and in my house, then apparently too. Yeah, all right. Uh, uh,
1: <laughs> next but... <laughs> podcast is going to be off the chain. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Um, a few more uh, things you can do make trail mix which i'm better at than making cookies have a wrestling match i'm very good at that yeah. have a tickle session lucy likes that play candy land uh, play flashlight tag make a blanket for it do macaroni art have a dance party the macaroni art. Um, i used uh super glue which apparently was a mistake that's a little bit heavy duty for kids so yeah. stick with the elmers i couldn't find it <laughs> have a dance party have a tea party go indoor camping make a house out of cardboard boxes we have a you know, like, like a dozen cardboard boxes, everything that gets shipped to our house. We just th- shove the boxes in, into a spare storage room and pull them out on a rainy day. Mm-hmm. Uh, destroy said box house when you're done. You get the picture. There's a ton of great resources out there for finding at-home games and activities for little kids. Uh, one of my favorite is an Instagram and Facebook account called Busy Toddler. Give them a plug.
0: Yeah, uh Matt a master's class right there just in, in ways to keep kids uh busy indoors. I'm totally serious. There are, like you said, there's a ton of great resources out there that you can follow on on social media or or, or however you you kind of like consume your your info for kids. Um and like I said, those are awesome examples. I'll add I'll add one more and and take all the ones that you just added because those are amazing. Um uh, which is we're fixing up our quote unquote hot box uh, oh, of an attic. Uh, yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> Could use that right now. Yeah, I know it's a little it's a little chilly down here. Uh, the previous owners in our in the attic of our home had these absolutely hideous light fixtures that hung down from the ceiling with like twenty or thirty little individual disco balls that reflected <laughs> the light. It was gross, a lot. Um, I took this one down one day, but I had not thrown it in the trash when when Mara was hanging out up in the attic. And she spent a good 15 minutes just playing around the thing like it was some kind of like $200 retail priced busy board thing where, you know, kids are like playing with a whole bunch of stuff. And you kind of forget how quickly entertained by things kids become and how everything is new to them. So finding, like you said, like, you know, paint your action figures, like play hide and seek, like, um... All, all these kinds of little things like it's, it can be really exciting for kids it's like and roller coaster it, thrills for them. hundred percent. And oftentimes some of it is the way you kind of present it and whether you're engaged and, and doing right. kind of stuff too. So no, those are, those are all great ways to get uh, engaged.
1: A few more tips for, um, you know, being creative, having fun when you're stuck inside. Um, next tip, bathtubs are your friend. Uh, during winter bath baths are the absolute best. Uh, they make your kid clean and Kids warm and, and parents, sleepy am I right? Kids all at and the same parents. time. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Who doesn't like a good bath? And, you know, maybe we're not being the most manly men in saying that, but I, I love a good bath. Uh,
0: you know, get a little, nice little oak chardonnay.
1: Why not? <laughs> Elise apparently, apparently, um, I, I don't know why I'm saying this. She probably, <laughs> probably won't like this. Is this part of it cut out cutout? Um, probably, yeah. <laughs> she, uh, she apparently reads books while taking a bath.
0: Uh, that's not, not a cutoutable that. thing.
1: That's a normal thing. Okay, is that I normal? I
0: don't think okay. Jill does that. Jill's not a big bath person but she has done that in the past okay. i think it's, you have to have maybe you guys have like some kind of baller bathroom i've never seen in your house right now you've only ever let me into the basement one <laughs> uh but and that one is barely you couldn't fit it's a bathroom usable i <laughs> yeah, <yeah, you> couldn't <laughs> fit a bathroom in there if you wanted to yeah but that's like an i
1: i want to get in there with candles i would i'd read a book in a yeah bathtub, i think I Guess that's not so bad i mean it sounds comfy i, I suppose good on you elise <laughs> um you know but at uh, least uh, reading habits aside, uh, bathing can become a fun daytime activity rather than evening chore when it comes to your little kids.
0: I just can't wait for you to get home and be like, "Sweetie, I may have mentioned a habit that you do in the bath
1: on the podcast this week. Is that cool?" You know what? She's going to listen to this episode six months from now. <laughs> and by then, it's said and done. It's, yeah, it's water under the bridge. So, um, yeah, she's on episode eight right now. Oh, Okay, well, and we're that's on a episode good, twelve. That she's, was a good one. Get 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 with the times. Busy busy working woman. <laughs> Um, you know, but hey, we we like bubble baths and color baths and Lego baths and beach toy baths, and mm-hmm. we've been meaning to take uh, to try out a popsicle bath, which the aforementioned Busy Tyler site claims is a big thrill for kids. Oh, so wow. enjoy those winter baths. Just make sure to lather your kids with moisturizer afterwards, and you'll notice there, Tim, that I once again used moist. I did, and I'm not accepting it. <laughs> uh, last tip for me: uh, don't overthink screen time. Uh, we're not here to tell you how much or how little screen time you should allow your kids, but when Winter Storm Izzy is huh? bringing the northern <laughs> world to a halt these uh, these last few days, as it's done here in Cleveland, it's okay for you to let your kids watch that ec- extra episode of Daniel Tiger's Neighborhood or get that special afternoon viewing of Toy Story or Cars, which happen to be two of Charlie's favorite movies. Uh, there's no reason at all to harbor guilt, and I'm sure you'll make up for it with ample outdoor time during the summer months. You know, hell, we'll work on finding something you and your kids can both enjoy watching. Uh, for us, that's currently Shaun the Sheep on Netflix. Uh,
0: uh, Mara is still a little young for all this kind of stuff, and we're very excited for it. <laughs> Jill's, like, dream is to just, like, sit and watch movies with Mara all day. So, yeah, uh, kudos and, and uh, plus one to the screen time uh, and not guilting yourself for the situation. Um, and I, I think... A lot of us come into parenting as ideologues and we leave as, uh, pragmatists, right? It's sure. kind of learn that you need to bend some rules and not everything's going to go exactly as, as you plan, but that doesn't mean you can't give up on things that you believe in, but it does mean kind of reorganizing that things will not always be perfect or, or live up to your expectations around stuff. So I think that's all great advice. Um, that is a comprehensive list. <laughs> the only things I will add is, um, a couple of ideas, cashing in on the chores in the house, right? Um, a lot of us that are that are going to be home all day with our kids are also going to be taking a lot of that kind of quote unquote domestic kind of chores. So folding and doing laundry, cleaning up toys, making food, all that kind of stuff. All those kind of everyday tasks are opportunities for your, your young kids to get involved. You mentioned baking cookies um, earlier, when I'm folding clothes, I try to get Mara involved in in finding socks and separating those out, putting them together. I keep trying to get her to say, oh, can you find the matching pair to the sock? And that's like a concept that is far beyond uh, her comprehension at this point. Um, but still, she just likes throwing them back into a bin or doing whatever. And she loves moving clothes from the washer into the dryer as well. She just have to make sure she doesn't eat the dryer sheet in the process. So, <laughs> so that's good. But they want to be engaged. They want to help. They want to learn things. So including them, giving them kind of tasks. And that kind of transitions nicely to the other concept, which is uh, the wild card of my suggestion, which is seemingly inane tasks to give them. You know, Mm -hmm. yesterday, Mara spent the better part of a half hour Moving these tiny ramekins uh, that we have in our kitchen cabinet, those little kind of like tiny dishes you make like a like a flan or something in, you know, those little tiny like cheesecake kind of dishes. Yeah. Um, Along with these like little silicone baking cups that we have from the cabinet onto a chair in our dining room and back. No explanation of why they were going in there or what she was doing. Why she thought it was fun, I don't know, but I'm not going to stand between my 15-month-old and an independent play at any point (laughs) in time, right? If she has got a game concocted in her head, and she's moving, and she's figuring things out, and she's interacting with it, like, have at at it, it. right? Yeah. Um, That's alchemy, baby. Like, go into that black (laughs) box, and like, whatever comes out on the other side will take it. Um, Maybe she's a genius. Yeah. My my mother-in-law would say, she's a genius, is kind of how she would put it, so that, that makes sense. Um, and this also extends to giving your kids bizarre tasks, right? Like dropping items off with the cat or saying, Mara, can you put this toy back on the shelf? Um, you know, my daughter and I think most kids love that idea of being able to put together those kinds of things. And you're also helping them with finding kind of context, clues and sentences and learning new words then, right? Cause they're sort of starting to piece things together. Um, and anytime you can get that done, you know, I'll take advantage of every kind of minute of that. Daddy's got a dishwasher to fill, right?
1: I hear you, Tim. You know, it's got to take advantage of this allowance free labor while you can. <laughs> yeah. And, um, you know, with the, as far as dishwashing goes, uh, one of my pet peeves is dirty kitchens. So, um, yeah, you know, every day after lunch, it's all right, kids, you guys go play. I'll, I'll lay out some toys, I'll get some ideas, and it's all right, I'm dishwashing till the, the kitchen's to my liking.
0: You've uh, passed through our kitchen numerous times during the recording of this podcast how
1: are we doing I feel like you guys are, are way ahead of the game here uh, keep up the good work thank you all right uh, we're back with what's new kiddo and today I want to talk about pearly whites it goes without saying well, thanks, that Matt. I have been using a whitening agent on my teeth crestfully clean I <laughs> uh, they say yeah, thank you so much <laughs> and crest if you want to be a sponsor uh, <laughs> I'm glad you said it yeah, way yeah, yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> Um, but, yeah, it goes without saying that I'm not a big fan of, of going to the dentist, and um, we'd, of course, like to instill strong oral hygiene habits in our kids from the start. Uh, Lucy has about 10 teeth now, and we've started using a training toothbrush with her. I'm not going to let you just go through this so fast. She has 10 teeth. She
0: has molars, which yeah. blows. Mara has four teeth, <laughs> and it is just, like, top and bottom. And uh, Lucy was laughing last time we had the play date, and I was like, are those
1: molars in your kid's mouth right now you better There's... hope they don't get into a biting <laughs> yeah. competition like, she could take my <laughs> arm off of those things they, they're huge she can eat an apple right off the know yeah, so. yeah. she can take the core down too i think <laughs> um but yeah for her training toothbrush she's willing to brush her teeth with it but she sure as hell isn't yet interested in letting us help so uh that's definitely a uh, work in progress there but as for charlie Uh, We recently had a breakthrough uh, that's transitioned him from disinterested in brushing properly to uh, enthusiastic about scrubbing those molars. Um, Thanks to a gift from his beloved aunt, Charlie now uses an electric toothbrush and a mobile app uh, whereby he brushes his teeth in tandem with a furry monster named Sparkly (laughs) while receiving coaching on brushing techniques. Uh, It's been a true game changer. Is the
0: coaching (laughs) in like monster voice or...
1: Um, I don't think so. I think there's a narrator. Okay. Yeah. I wish it were. It's not like, oh, get those incisors. Yeah, <laughs> yeah okay. Well, the, I think the monster adds his own commentary, but the narrator is, is oh,
0: more of a okay, regular. Okay, they're it talking about Boyn, Sparkly. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I hope so. Well, I'm going to get that app right now. <laughs> it's been a true game changer um, for Charlie in that he will now brush his teeth for a full two minutes uh, while staring at one of our phones so that he can mimic Sparkly and reaching every tooth and crevice, collect rewards and earn gifts to feed Sparkly. Gamification. Jeez, does he earn cryptocurrency while he's brushing his teeth. <laughs> it's basically as valuable because <laughs> I mean let's be honest here, you're, you're feeding a a uh, you know a virtual fake monster. Yeah, you know? yeah, that's um, true. But um he now he now legit looks forward to brushing and it's uh, another reminder that it doesn't take much to impress little kids. Uh if you're interested this app is from Philips Sonicare um and one last tidbit in reading up on this app, I discovered a news article about how a few years ago, um, kids were becoming so engaged in brushing with Sparkly that it was interfering with bedtime. So, Philips had to change the app such that Sparkly now gets tired and collapses when kids are done brushing. Uh, thus, encouraging children to put down their brush and get some rest themselves.
0: Were they just brushing themselves raw, basically, or apparently. something like well, what's going yeah. on? That's amazing. Um,
1: it doesn't sound possible, but overbrushing apparently is a thing.
0: Uh, as a guy who recently got a Philips Sonicare as a gift for for Christmas, uh, I guess an app would help me too. But man, my teeth have never... Do you have an electric toothbrush? I do. Uh, my teeth have never been more clean. Seriously, yeah. Philips. If you want to sponsor the pod, I will gladly remind people of this fact weekly. Uh, <laughs> I feel I feel fresh from the dentist clean like every week. Yeah. Uh, Mara, uh, anyway, Mara will put a toothbrush in her mouth um, and sort of suck the small amount of toothpaste off of it. She does have a, a fluoride toothpaste now. We've graduated to that. Nice. Probably a little rice-sized bean on there, but um wants to shove that giraffe brush right into my
1: mouth so we're still a work in progress there (laughs) she must um not agree that this uh, electric toothbrush is doing the job yeah
0: yeah i guess not um on our end in terms of what's new i almost talked about a story of the fact that anytime mara wants to drink milk now she will sip some of it out of her little straw sippy cup and then just let it run down her face like she's some sort of like those uh <laughs> those got milkhead cy- I was gonna say with those cyborgy kind of guys from the alien movies you know where they yeah, yeah. like like you know like the milk would come or the, the the white fluid um but that works too um she is definitely doing that and that's super frustrating but on a lighter note and a more lovely note to end the show um, Mara has really gotten interest uh recently in showing more affection which has been amazing uh she will now give hugs uh, nearly on command. Matt, you saw some hugs last night. As she yeah. was uh, tonight as she was going to bed. And uh, an occasional kiss, too. Our poor cat, Theodore, who's been mentioned a couple times this episode, uh, is typically the target for these errant kisses that she'll <laughs> give. And uh, at times they can be quite aggressive, uh, but he takes it all in stride. We got to see some uh, family for my stepmother's birthday recently. And when it was time to leave, she made her way around the room, giving out hugs, just that it was like, oh, give uh, grandpa a hug, give grandma a hug, you know. That's how you melt hearts. Oh, my God. It was, it's such a weapon. Um, <laughs> and uh, it was about the cutest thing in the world, except she did not give a hug to uh, my brother, Uncle Chris, who <laughs> uh, some may remember has provided the bod pod with some of its most epic swag. One of them is, is hanging above uh, our monitor right now. It's like little like wood carved thing and the shirt uh, that you are wearing in fact right now oh, man. um so i'm sorry chris uh you just <laughs> didn't make the cut and um, try again next year you know
1: but he didn't like the the wine you made right
0: the mold yeah the mold, the wine. mold yeah. wine yeah he wasn't a fan of that so mara must take notice payback's a bitch <laughs> or in this case a 15 month old <laughs> uh all right well that that does it for the
1: the podcast this week any last words or anything that you want to add before we sign off you know, it's it's been another marathon, and thank you to anybody who's um, listened to the the very end. We probably need to add something here, Tim, to identify people who listened this far.
0: Like a little like quiz, yeah. kind of thing that we can yeah. we can do as a wrap up.
1: Any uh, any thoughts? Um, you know, Matt, what is your favorite children's book to read? Oh man, it's actually a uh, this is so random, but it's a book called A Trillion Trees, and it's oh. it's about a um a girl, a young girl who calls a a nursery and tries to order um, a trillium please, which is a type of plant, and she says please because she's polite. And the guy on the other end hears a trillion trees and says, we'll we'll order the first 1,000 right away and we'll see if we can make a trillion happen. Mm. And this little girl's family um, goes around the entire city planting trees. And there's all these rhymes about different types of trees and... They're planting them in their yard, and they're pl- they're planting 100 in the city park and 100 on the, the side of the street. And after a while, their car breaks down, but they're still going around planting trees. And This has um, got to be
0: a favorite in your household.
1: It's it's legit my favorite children's book, yeah. and Charlie's <laughs> a big fan, too. But if you get a chance, uh, check out um, A Trillion Trees. And um, side note, uh, there are apparently 3 trillion trees in the world right now. Uh, wow. Which sounds impressive, but the world's a big place. So uh, if you can, uh, please plant more trees
0: what a great message can't edit it any better than that a little bit of tidbit on uh on matt's life and that's a good that's a good trivia point we'll put that on instagram or something
1: you know i'm a tree hugger yeah yeah (laughs) Yeah.
0: (laughs) and all right so without further ado uh thank you guys so much for listening to the bod pod and try not to screw your kids up too bad Thanks for listening. If you like what you hear, go ahead and subscribe and please leave a review of our podcast. You can follow us on Twitter and Instagram as Better Off Dad Pod. The Better Off Dad Pod would like to thank our kids and spouses who are responsible for this show, whether they like it or not. Our theme music was written and produced by David Paulette and is an adaptation of the song Alien by Zero to Infinity. Give them a listen on Spotify. Special thanks to Sam Painter, and thanks to you, loyal listener of the Bod Pod. Until next time, remember, our kids are our future. Let's try not to screw them up too much.